100% born in the Appalachian Mountains and made in the USA, Timber Ninja Outdoors provides a range of mobile hunting options to accommodate diverse hunting preferences. Whether you prioritize comfort, lightweight design, or versatility, their two-panel and single-panel saddles collection has something for everyone. The Black Belt Nano is the lightest single-panel saddle available on the market, weighing in under a pound. The saddle is designed with the minimalist hunter in mind, focusing on lightweight functionality and breathability. One notable feature is the patent-pending magnetic stick clip system on the side, which allows for convenient transportation of sticks up the tree, as well as a built-in platform holder. The Nano Saddle can be folded up to the size of a Nalgene bottle, enabling easy portability. With a four-way stretch material on the back for a comfortable fit, as well as strategically placed padding for hip pinch relief. You can use code EASTMEETSWEST to get free shipping on any Timber Ninja order. If you try it out and don't like it, send it back within 30 days for a full refund. Learn more at TimberNinjaOutdoors.com and sign up for their email newsletter for exclusive discounts and product drops. When it comes to optics, I get the same question over and over again. What are the best all-around binoculars? Well, it's tough to find something that works in every condition great, but after using a pair of Maven B1.2 10x42s, I think I found them. They feature an 8x or a 10x option, superior low light performance, tack sharp edge-to-edge clarity, a generous depth of field, and a silky focus mechanism. All of Maven Optics have a lifetime no-fault warranty and hail from the great state of Wyoming. I've been using Maven Optics since I bought my first pair in 2017, and I think you should test them out for yourself. Head over to mavenbuilt.com and use the code EASTMEETSWEST-GIFT for a free gift with any full price optics order. For all of those that want a truck bed cover for work or play, Diamondback makes the top of the line heavy duty covers that help you do more with your truck. They're perfect for the truck owning, avid sportsmen, outdoor enthusiasts, and weekend project warriors. I'm currently using the HD cover that can is capable of holding up to 1,600 pounds on the top. And then I have the Yakima overhaul HD bars on top so I can put my rooftop tent on it. When I'm not using my rooftop tent and able to use the trifold design of the Diamondback, I have the Crossbin 8 in there to organize all of my stuff in the back of my truck bed. Diamondback is made right here in Phillipsburg, Pennsylvania. If you want to check them out, head over to diamondbackcovers.com. If you've wanted that hunting camp tradition that we talk about, that experience, but you don't have a hunting camp of your own, you're welcome to come stay at my hunting camp up here in the Pennsylvania wilds called the Elk Crossing Getaway in the PA wilds. So if you go over to Airbnb, you can check out our three-bedroom, one-and-a-half-bath house that's right in the heart of Pennsylvania elk country. It's only minutes away from a bunch of public land to be able to hunt, hiking trails, outdoor recreation, fishing, all of those things there. The house is completely fully stocked with everything that you need to be able to, to spend a week hunting deer, taking your family up to see the elk, anything like that. So if you head over to Airbnb and search Elk Cross and Getaway in the PA Wilds, you'll find my listing there and you can rent out my house to send us a message and inquiry that you're interested in it and mention that you heard it on the podcast here, then we'll get you 10% off of your first day. Are you an adventurer looking to take your hunt to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. 
Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the East Meets West Hunt podcast presented by Spartan Forge. On today's episode, I am joined by a good buddy of mine, Eric Jackson. Eric is a professional snowboarder and hunter from Washington. We discuss Eric's journey from snowboarding to hunting, learning to bow hunt, sick as film, river, Eric's first bull elk, total archery challenge, and much more. On this week's Mountain Buck Monday Story of the Week, we have a story coming out of West Virginia from Trey Zott. Trey wrote in, Mountain Buck Bump and Dump. On Halloween morning last season, I started my day off with a hanging hunt in a creek bottom where I hung a camera on a generational scrape and got lots of different bucks traveling through in the daylight. It was an overcast day that I had planned on wading out in the bottom in hopes of catching a buck coming to freshen the scrape, but the rain was picking up, so I decided to climb down and slowly walk slash scout through the woods. I started following a rub line until it brought me to this finger ridge that had a high stem count, a noticeably thicker ridge with a defined trail carving the hillside. I was deciding what tree would be best for my wind when I spotted a tail flicker about 100 yards from me on the tip of the thick ridge. The deer moved off without knowing I was present. I couldn't tell much, but I could tell he had a big body and a wide rack. I I picked a tree and slowly slipped up. At 2 p.m., I snuck back in as quietly as I could, and around 4.45 p.m., after a long rattling sequence, this buck marched right up the ridge to me. I shot him standing just 10 yards away from me, nearly the same place I spotted the buck earlier that day. This is my first fall attempting to hunt the West Virginia mountains, and truthfully, my first time hunting Appalachia for deer, period. I have a tremendous amount of respect and admiration for those who hunt these hills religiously. I'm a Florida native, and we have the stigma wired in our brains down south that because they're both bigger and more deer in the northern states, we think that it's easier hunting and easier to have success. That is false. Every state has its own challenges, and that's what this hunt taught me. I was able to film the entire hunt, and it will be available on my YouTube channel this summer. Well, congratulations, Trey, because that's an awesome buck. Is it, you know, out of the mountains of West Virginia, that's some of the toughest hunting steep country that you can find. So congratulations on that. And uh, for anyone that's listening, go check out Trey's YouTube channel and uh, be able to check out that video. And then also you can see the photos uh, on Instagram, East Meets West Hunt, or Facebook, East Meets West Outdoors. So congratulations. If you have a mountain buck story you want to send in, Send it to my email, boateastmeetswesthunt.com, and I'd love to be able to share it on the show. Uh, the only news I got this week is uh, I got some new apparel, um, new shirt and, and uh, hoodie out uh, with a new logo and branding and stuff on it. So that's all ready to ship now on my website. You can check that out, eastmeetswesthunt.com slash shop. And then... Uh, if you didn't uh, see last week's video, I had my whole early season whitetail system set up for um, my whole Sika system, layering system, and why I'm using it. So that's over on my YouTube channel, and there's also a blog on my website that goes through and has links and a little bit more detail than the video had. So you can check those out. And then uh, lastly, I'm heading down as of today uh, when this podcast comes out. I'm heading down to West Virginia to throw up some cameras and maybe do a little bit of glassing and scouting down there. Um, it'll be my last trip down before the season. So going to 
go down and put some fresh batteries and some cameras and just see what's what's going on down there this year. I'm looking forward to spending more time there. But um, just doing that for a day as I'm on my way down to Canton, North Carolina for the Timber Ninja open house. So putting on uh, an open house for any customers or anybody that wants to come get some free barbecue, some drinks, and just hang out, talk hunting, and uh, you know, check out some products too. So we'll be down there. Uh, all the information is on TimberNinjaOutdoors.com. And if you click, go to the bottom of the website, there'll be a little thing that says Field Notes. Click into that and you'll see the article about the open house, the whole background on it, and where you can RSVP to, to come check it out. And the RSVP is just to know how much food uh, that they need and everything else. So I'll be down there and uh, hanging out. So hopefully some of you, if you're in that area, can can swing by. But um, yeah, so that'll be on Saturday, by the way. I don't know if I said that, August 26th from 12 to 8 p.m. So Anyways, I hope that everybody has a great rest of your week, and I hope you enjoy this episode with Eric Jackson because he's he's an absolutely awesome human being and super into archery and learning it, and he's progressing at an extremely fast level. So I think you'll enjoy this episode, and uh, yeah, hope you have a great rest of your week. Yeah, buddy. Yo, do I got to wear one of those too? Yeah, you got to wear one of those. Really? Yeah, put it on like that. Right there, corner. Oh my God, you sound crazy. Yeah, just put it right towards the corner of your mouth. A little bit right there. Right there. And then when you go take a drink, just move it out of the way and then put it back in. Dude, I feel like a freaking NFL announcer. Dun, 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 dun. (laughs) (laughs) Now we have, what's your team, the Phillies or something? Or the Eagles? (laughs) No, the Steelers. Oh, shit. I'm not a football guy, so I don't know. I'm not really either, but that's the team of uh, of Pennsylvania. Unless you're on the east side, which is Philadelphia. I, I should watch what I say because I a lot of listeners are from out east in Pennsylvania, but I don't really consider Philly as part of Pennsylvania. It's more New Jersey in my opinion. But Are you a football guy? No. Neither am I. I used to be. Mm-hmm. When I was younger, I was uh, a hardcore statistical football player, knew everybody's stats. And then... I got into BMX and like went down that rabbit hole and then sports weren't cool anymore. And now it's like, you know, I'll watch, you know, some important games if they're on, but I don't, it's football is on Sundays during hunting season and I'm spending time in the woods mostly. Amen to that. Are you, are you a sports guy? Um, I mean, other than your profession, but you know, I'm a big hockey guy. Are you? I like, I like hockey a lot. Never played it. Um, when I was 16 years old, I was up in, uh, in British Columbia and, um, one of my filmers had these like club seats yep. and he took me to my first hockey game and it was like, it was just a life changer, man. There was like fights and it was just fast pace. And I just never, I mean, I obviously knew what hockey was, but I didn't like, I, I never, uh, really watched it or anything. And I just became a Canucks fan we We're in Vancouver. So I went to the Vancouver Canucks game okay. and, um, tough team to be a fan of. They are br- terrible. Um, but, uh, yeah, I like hockey a lot. I watch a lot of hockey. Everyone says that going to a live hockey game is a blast, too. Dude, it's the best. Yeah, I've, I've never I've never done that or, you know, been to it. I mean, every event's a little better live, in my opinion. But, I like, baseball, I couldn't watch it on TV if you paid me to. Mm-hmm. But, like, it, going to a game's fun, you know. To, I've been to one baseball game. It was in Fenway Park. It was pretty fun. Oh, that yeah, that would be pretty sweet. Yeah. But before we get too far... 
I want to let everybody know that uh, I got my buddy Eric Jackson, otherwise known as Ejax, on the on the line here. I guess on the podcast. So it's funny because it's the first time that all of you that are listening is kind of introduced. But me and Ejax have become. I'd, I'd, I'd call us pretty close. Dude, roomies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For the last couple of years, or well, last year we met um, Big Sky Montana, uh, the TAC event, working with Sitka, just going there, shooting, having some fun. And then this year, again, we kind of went back and, and we were roommates and had a couple of, were those, what size beds were those? Were those twins or queens? I don't know. Oh, remember. they were twins. Were they twins? Oh, yeah. yeah. And they were so close together that we decided, we were just like, we'll just push them together and we'll just be like, you know, really close. <laughs> Japan style, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that was the inside joke or the, the running joke. That was funny. Yeah. But when you live in the same room as uh someone for a little bit, you you become close. Oh, for sure. You snore. I know. <laughs> I know I do. Hey, you do too though. <laughs> and, and like our, our thing has been we wake up and uh check our watches and check our sleep scores. Speaking of, did you check I, we haven't compared today? Yeah, let's let's do that. You want to so, go first or should I? You can go first. What's your body battery? Five. <laughs> Two. <laughs> um, sleep score? 36. Ooh, I whooped you last night. 62, baby. You went to bed earlier than I did, though. I went hot tub. Yeah, that's true. How was that? Uh, it was unnecessary, mm-hmm. but it was fun. I mean, you know, Trevor and Donnie, Drake, and... Yeah. and uh, and then Matt Hines works at Sitka too, so we we had a good time. So right now we're we're actually at the beautiful resort of Bright- is this Brighton? We're in Brighton, Brighton, and Utah at the TAC event, mm-hmm. and getting to kind of hang out here. And well, we've spent the whole week together. We were out doing some filming stuff for Sitka and get to do a whole lot of fun stuff together. That was and fun. And then uh, come to TAC, but uh, the two. I'm trying to think how I want to how I want to roll with this. Let's let's roll into the the beginning of the week first when we decided that we were going to. You know, sometimes you go on these trips, you get with good buddies, you hang out, you stay up a little too late, and you know you're doing work, but you're also just enjoying each other's Having company. A good time. But you know, I had the great idea of like let's let's get up in the morning, let's go for a mountain run, and you know try to be you know fit you've been working out a lot I, we were both getting ready for hunts mm. and let's I, talk about that i hate running so much and I, I, you um the gym i've been going to they've been making me run so i've like kind of been tolerating it more but uh yeah man i mean i just like slept absolutely terrible that night i don't know what it is it was just new place whatever i just slept so bad and i woke up i was wide awake and i heard your alarm go off and we were we weren't actually roomies this time, but we were close, just a little wall separating us. And um, so I texted you. I'm like, "You going on a run?" It's five a.m. You're like, "Yeah, I'm getting just now." So yeah, we uh, we wanna, went on a beautiful sunrise run. Yeah, that was that was something special. And I also like your style of running. What's that? My run walk. Yeah, three minutes on what. Yeah, it's three minutes run, uh, two minute walk. Yeah, I love and then that. Do that for an hour, and yeah, my my trainer T- Todd Bumgardner with Human Predator Pack Mule, he has us doing that because it's like easier on the knees, but mm. you're still getting the workout. You're getting the endurance, working through it. So I enjoy it. Yeah, we. I mean, you did good for not for someone that doesn't like to run. I'm not good at running either, but Christian Schaff that was with us from Uncharted. I mean, he. He seems to run quite a bit. He and, just looks fast. Yeah, he does look fast. Yeah. And, and and it was starting from where where we were staying at. It was straight uphill right from the beginning. And what was our elevation? 
we're, I don't know, 9,000 feet? I, think we're, I don't think we're quite nine, but yeah, like 85. No, but we're, we're, we have to accentuate that so mm. people think we're more badass. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. 95. Yeah. Yeah. We made it up to 10. No, it was over eight, though. Yeah, it was. It was, it was something around 85. But yeah. I'm mean, coming from sea level. I live at sea level. Yeah. You're, you know. I don't know, a couple thousand feet, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of uh, uphills. That was brutal. But yeah, anyway, um, I mean, do you want to tell the story or, or should I? Yeah, I'll, I'll. I guess I can tell it. So we were we were running. We get up there. We hit a point where we had to turn around. We saw the sun come up. It was beautiful, mm. and uh, we were coming back down to go to the lodge, get some breakfast, and start working for the day. And as we're coming down this hill, it was the final stretch. See the lodge there. We just start chatting. We're chit chatting, chit chatting, and talking about the old BMS days. And and I just got done saying how I how I got into filming stuff was I had made this DVD that was called BMX for Life, and yeah. I no longer had that out of my mouth. And I stepped on a rock and rolled my ankle, which if anybody's been a long time listener knows what uh, my camera guy Justin anybody hunts with me refers to my ankles as bitch ass ankles okay because they roll a lot i've had problems with it and um so it rolled over bad mm. and you were right behind me i got a f- just front row view of that and it looked br- i didn't know what was happening like i thought you got bit by a snake or something <laughs> like, <laughs> oh man but i felt so bad about that because it was um we were at the home stretch and uh but dude you powered right through yeah, so what was interesting is normally I felt like I was always told when you roll your ankle, get ice on it and just chill. Well, Christian from Uncharted, having kind of a medical supply company emergency preparedness, was like, hey, I do, I've do. i done this before. I would recommend that you just keep walking on it for a while, just lightly, not putting a ton of weight on it, but keep it moving, then put ice on it, then move again, ice it later, move again, then go to bed. And I was really concerned because it was swollen and starting to bruise. And I was like, I have a whole week's worth of work and stuff. I need to be active. I need to go shed hunting, doing this kind of you know fun stuff we're going to get to be able to do. And uh, it it started feeling better. I mean, it's still it's still a week now. Now we're about a week out from when it happened, but it uh, I was worried there for a minute. I mean, it turned pretty black and blue. So yeah, I, I think uh, yeah, you, I think you got lucky on that one. I'm just strong. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Dude, but. have you ever heard of um, these, uh, they're these like sleeves. I use them all the time on my knee. They're called, um, oh, oh no, I can't think of it now. There are these, um, there's, they're basically like these compression sleeves and um, I, I snowboard with them all, all the time and they make ankle ones and wrist ones and um, yeah, a bunch of people in the snowboard world swear by them and um, yeah, I don't know. How are they? Are they like... Are they thick or no? Thin? They're super thin. That's because that's my problem with it. When I the ankle brace I have, which was like a cheap one I picked up at Walmart or something. Yeah, it works great. Other than it doesn't fit in my boot very well. Yeah, I mean, like, what is it like? One with like the top, like the Velcro e- oh, goes yeah. over top of it, and yeah. it's like neoprene. No, man, these are awesome. I, I'm sure I'll think of the name. Um, yeah, but uh, if not, I'll just show it to you. But I mean, it, they're like thirty, forty bucks or something. Might be worth a. Yeah. It just feels like it keeps everything tight. And yeah. Like for me in snowboarding, I'm just a little dinged up from all the years of flat landings and, you know, my knee hurts. Like I got one for my elbow. Um, 
And, uh, yeah, I just feel like it just that, that feeling of just keeping everything kind of tight. It just, I don't know if it's like a mental thing. It just feels just better. So, yeah. yeah, no, that, that I'm going to have to check that out when you remember the name yeah, yeah. And, and go through it because I, I need something and going on these hunts. Like if I go to Alaska this year and get lucky enough to kill a moose and I'm packing out heavy weight and I twist my ankle there, Oof. that's a bad place to have that happen. It's a bad place. Yeah. I, yeah, there's no no place to to really be able to go when you're flown in somewhere so yeah a long way from help yeah you you, i'm sure you pack some good wrapping tape and stuff just in case that happens yeah no no yeah it's one of the the biggest things and it's funny because i take a lot of i shouldn't say pride but i i I put a lot of thought into my medical kit Mm -hmm. and how i carry it and what i need to bring and I'd realized that I was forgetting that that major piece of thing is something that somebody that's accident prone with my ankles is like having, having that it's probably important. Yeah. It's probably an important piece to be able to add there. But anyways, you, you were just mentioning, um, about snowboarding. I want you to kind of give the audience a little background on who you are yeah. and kind of how we met there. Um, yeah, I mean, I am so fortunate to have just, uh, grown up uh, i grew up in a real small town in california called mammoth lakes um now it's you know maybe maybe ten thousand people but and i actually didn't even grow up in that town i grew up 20 minutes south in a place called crowley lake and it was like 500 people growing up one um gas station and that's basically it um there's just an awesome um resort there and my mom was just super into skiing and and um yeah, I think I skied for like a year, and then my my brother really wanted a a snowboard. He's four years older than me, and then of course he you know he's like my hero. So I wanted to snowboard. I wanted to do anything that he was doing, um, and yeah, I just started snowboarding. I think I got my first snowboard when I was nine, and um, I got my first sponsor. I want to say when I was eleven, oh. and uh, I don't know, man, just product of my environment, and um, I, I knew from a pretty early age that that was what I wanted to do with my life. And yeah. so I just committed hundred percent to that. Um, I was homeschooled and that really helped. That gave a lot of flexibility. I was doing, you know, contests and traveling around, um, at a pretty early age. Thankfully my parents were super supportive of that. And, um, yeah, man, it was, uh, I wouldn't trade it for anything. It was an awesome place to grow up and I've been really fortunate to just kind of, um, just do that for for a living and yeah still doing it love it so much yeah no that's 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 awesome and and you know what's you know you're 35 now 35 35 now so you've been doing it for over 20 years yeah that's that crazy to think about right yeah uh yeah i'm super dyslexic and i dropped out of high school <laughs> dropped out of homeschool like <laughs> that's uh, no, that's no. I think that's awesome. I, I love when you were telling me kind of about your story and just like you knew from a young age and not from a, a cocky standpoint or anything, but that like this is what you were going to do and you're going to work your ass off to to be able to do that. Yeah, and <clears throat> I'm so blessed. Like it could have easily gone the other way, you know, and it almost did. Like I, I struggled with a lot of injuries, um, kind of like like. I would say middle road of my, my career where I had got, um, you know, a lot of sponsors, a lot of notoriety. And, um, I felt like I started to kind of, I mean, I didn't realize it at the time, but I was kind of taking it for granted a little bit. 
Yep. Um, and just might not have been working as hard, might not have been training as hard. Um, I was with Nike at the time and, um, yeah, I just, I like blew up my ankle one year, um, and was still was able to kind of like put together a, uh, a video part. And for those of you who don't know what that is, basically, um, we just travel around all winter, um, with a film crew and uh, they basically just film film us snowboarding and then at the end of the year um, we'll either make our own movie or we're a part of a collective um, movie and we just have like certain you know you just put footage out similar to like what you do on a hunt yeah um, same formula um, so yeah I think I just kind of got too comfortable with it and um, wasn't working as hard as as I should have and then I just got hit with like two pretty bad injuries um, in a row and um, everything was just kind of felt like it was starting to fall apart. I was losing some sponsors. And, um, and so, yeah. Um, then, uh, I, I really got my act together and, um, just kind of put my head down and was really good about physical therapy and, and healing. Um, good. And that was actually the first time I ever grew a beard. I just, I decided I was just going to go live up in British Columbia all winter. I rented a shitty little a-frame cabin i slept on an air mattress all winter and grew a beard and um ended up winning video part of the year that year and, and that really kind of like you know set me um on, re- on the path that, that i am yeah kind of reset yeah and like yeah 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 no i mean i i think you know doing something that long and especially when you had success at such a young age that was probably you know a difficult thing you know it, it sounds like, oh, you know, that's awesome. Like you're able to have that success early, but at the same time you're young and still kind of growing as a person and hundred percent and, you know, <laughs> messing up things and figuring it out and trying oh. to figure out who you are and to be able to, to kind of stay on that path. Yeah. It would be tough. Yeah. And I mean, you know how it is when you're young, you think you're so cool, you yeah. know, especially like, like. I thought I was way cooler than I, than I actually am. <laughs> and, and, uh, and you, and I, and I was humbled, you know, very, um, many, many times I've been humbled. Um, and I think those experiences are really good for you and they kind of set you up for later in life, um, to just, you know, remember those times and, and, um, yeah, keep your ego in check. Cause we all have ego. Um, yeah, it's, it, that's just a real, a real thing. And, and so, um, having, uh, I mean, having those experiences, like the, that's like, you know, putting, putting your ego in check the hard way, but it's also really nice to have just like friends and, um, family who, who will be like, Hey man, like, you know, call you out. You're like, I, like if I'm doing something, um, and somebody calls me out and somebody who I, you know, who, who wants the best for me, that's one of the best things, um, someone can have, I, I think, because if you can receive that, um, yeah, just really, yeah, puts puts you in check, and and I'm I'm always like, man, thank you, thank you for saying something, and not just like letting me go act a fool. <laughs> yeah, no, having having good people around you that don't just, uh, you I mean pumping you up is a good thing, and you know being able to help you from a positive perspective. But I think it's more important to have people that, like you said, the ones that are really looking out for you and want to be able to make sure that you're going down the the right path and doing it. And like, no, you know, not not exactly similar, but kind of a, a similar type story from a, a hunting perspective. So I grew up hunting whitetails in the big woods of Pennsylvania. And I had, I was so lucky to have my dad who's still, I still say he's the best hunter that I know. And he taught me a lot. And I, and I started having success early on in that. And, 
And I took that kind of for granted in 2019. I was so focused on killing my first bull elk that I just like kind of laxed a little bit mm-hmm. on scouting with whitetails and going through and doing that. And that was, uh, that was the only year I think that I didn't kill a buck and I hunted, you know, once I got in the season, I was hunting hard, but I, I didn't put in the effort up front that I needed to yeah. and, and to, to be there. And it, it was like, it was kind of a reset button for me. I think I kind of needed it of like thinking like, oh, I'll just be able to just continue down yeah. this path and do, do the thing and, and make it happen. And it's like, no, you, every year, everything you do, you, you just got to keep putting in that, that work. And I'm sure that's kind of similar to what you're, you know, with what you do in snowboarding. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, that's, you know, just on, on the hunting side of it. I mean, that's something that I, um, really want to get better at is, is the, um, is just the scouting and there's so much work that gets put into, um, just for me, you know, being a new hunter, um, just shooting a bow, man, I put so much time into shooting a bow and, it's crazy how much work goes into it before you ever even step out on your hunt. You know, <laughs> it's like, um, and so, yeah, that, that's just like something I'm, I'm learning, especially on the scouting side, e-scouting. Um, I'm, I'm just like, I'm such a rookie. Um, and, and it's awesome. Yeah. It, it's so like, exciting at it's, the same time. Oh, I'm so excited. Like I, there's no place I'd rather be, you yeah. know, like I was never, um, taught how to hunt. Um, Have you ever wanted to have Levi Morgan, Andy May, Johnny Stewart, and others available at all times? Well, you can with CyberScout from Spartan Forge. CyberScout is like the chat GPT for outdoors men and women. You can ask it any questions related to bow building, scouting, hunting, survival, and a whole lot more. I think you'll be impressed with how it responds. CyberScout is currently out now for a select group of early beta testers and will be available to the rest of you really soon. The entire app is a complete tool for planning your hunt with incredible aerial imagery mapping, journaling, deer prediction, and some of the most accurate and detailed weather data. Use the code EASTMEETSWEST to save 20%. And if you're still on the fence, give the 14-day free trial a chance at SpartanForge.ai. CVA has been America's number one selling muzzleloader brand for over a decade. Hunting with a muzzleloader opens up a ton of hunting opportunities across the U.S. And I've been using the Acura series. But they don't only make badass muzzleloaders. Their line of centerfire rifles are great quality and not terrible on the wallet. The Cascade Short Barrel is ideal for tight quarters, deer drives, and quick shots in the big woods. You can check out their line of muzzleloaders, rifles, and accessories for every season and every range at bpioutdoors.com slash CVA. If you use the code EASTMEETSWEST10, you'll get 10% off of all CVA products, which includes rifles, muzzleloaders, and accessories. You know, my mom really was into the mountains and... um and snowboarding and, and skiing. And she, she really like set me up to be successful in, in snowboarding. Um, and my dad really liked to fish. And so he kind of just took us fishing. I mean, that's some of my earliest memories is fishing. And, um, so th- those two, I just really ran with those two, um, passions in my life. And, um, my dad used to be a hunter. He grew up in Louisiana and he actually got shot in the head. He was 19. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Dude, it's crazy, man. He um 
he was hunting rabbits and his buddy, they were like in a, in a ditch or something. And his buddy was up top and he was down below and, um, yeah, his buddy shot and just like, just buck, buck shot in his face. <laughs> and it's actually so crazy because he still has BBs in his head. He has like one behind his eye. And if you really get him going like a couple glasses of wine, I'll be like, yeah, dad, let me, let me feel a BB. And he'll like fish one out and you can literally feel it in his forehead. And I'm like, I don't even know if that was just like the way of Louisiana in the, that was probably the sixties. He was born in 49. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess not sixties, sixties, seventies. I don't know. Again, I'm not good with numbers, (laughs) but, uh, so I think that kind of played a role in, um, Oh, it definitely played a role in him not teaching us kids. I, I, you know, I got a brother and two sisters how to hunt. Um, so I never had that, you know, mentorship. I was never taught hunting, um, and snowboarding, you know, still takes a lot of my time, but it, it, you know, it's just been my life for so long. And, and also fishing, I do a lot of fishing, um, but it's interesting. Like, I think whether you know it or not, like being a hunter is just, it's ingrained in us. It has been since the beginning of time. Like we, we, all our ancestors hunted, you know? And so I had this just draw, like I wanted to get into it for so many years and I just was busy and just never had the time, um, or just never made time, yeah. you know, more. And, uh, and then it just kind of like, just started the, the food element is such a huge part of it for me. And I know that's probably everybody is like, why do you hunt? Well, for the food. Um, but I mean, it's like, maybe it's cliche to say, but it's so true. Yeah. Like I, I want to eat, I can really care about my health and my body and I want to eat what's best. Um, and like, Man, these days it's like you don't even know what is what you're eating. You know, it says organic. Like, what does that even mean? You know, <laughs> like, and what I know is that when you are harvesting your own food, wild game, that is organic, and that it, you can, it's there's nothing better than that. Um, so that was obviously a, a huge drive for me, and you know, I finally got into it. Um, yeah, like three years this yeah about three years ago now two and a half maybe um and i'm just like yeah never shot a bow before and and we're just doing it and i love it and there's something beautiful about just being totally um just being just green right being a greenhorn rookie and and then you just see your progression you see the the learning aspect of it and um, it's addicting, you know, I think that's, what's like so addicting to me is like seeing myself progress. And I mean, like I'm putting, I'm working hard, like I'm yeah. putting a lot of work into it and, and, um, and I'm committed to it. And so I, this is like definitely a big part of my life now. How, like, how did you, why was bow hunting something that you wanted to get into? And like, how, how did you, how did you kind of get those resources? Did you meet somebody? Was it mostly online? Like, how did you start like figuring out that? Because I think that's kind of a difficult thing to, to just get into hunting has a big barrier to entry. Totally. Um, so for me, the first thing I ever hunted minus like being a kid and like shooting quail with our pellet gun and cooking them up for lunch, you know, like (laughs) that was, I loved that. Um, but I started duck hunting just at home in Washington. And it's such a, um, 
it's such a low commitment to go like, I just went with my buddy. My buddy's like, you want to go duck hunting? Yeah, let's go. You just go chill and sit in a blind and I'll never forget it. Shooting my first duck, came home, like, I was like, I think this is how you do it. You know, breasting it out, like never, never, you know, cleaned or, or processed a duck before. I, I used to like, I fish a lot. So I'm like cleaning a fish. So is that what you say? Clean a duck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But um, I took it home as my wife and I. And we ate it for lunch and I was like, it was eye opening. I was like, this is awesome. So like I started duck hunting and, uh, it was a perfect time of year for me. Like duck season starts like end of October and I just didn't really have anything going on that time. There was no fish in the rivers yet. I steelhead fish mainly. And that's, okay. that's a little later. Um, I, you know, summer's, you know, kind of over and I was just like it, in, in Washington, it's, you know, usually pretty just rainy and just stormy and just like i didn't really have anything going on so duck hunting was this great entry level um hunt for me and so i really started to just love and appreciate that and then i was just like i want to you know get into um hunting big game mammals whatever you know and um i gotta just say like this whole journey for me has been just so natural everything has just been feeling like it has just fallen into place and so the long way around to answer your question is um troy hellman he was working at Benchmade knives at the time i made a movie in 2018 called alignment and it was basically i lived up in northern british columbia all winter long and it was basically telling the story of how snowboarding and fishing balance out my life snowboarding can be super intense your adrenaline's going um fishing was kind of like the my place of peace right like the the opposite of that where you just go to kind of recharge and relax so it was like this balance of life so i I told a story about that and um and that was my first film i had ever like produced and directed myself and and it did really well people people liked that and it got a good response and so troy hellman just sent me a i got an instagram message from bench made knives yeah and he was like hey man I, I i watched your movie alignment like um let's chat and so we ended up working together um bench made brought me on and he's like so what do you want to do next and i really wanted to get into hunting um and so and also from making that film alignment like i really enjoyed that process it unlocked a creative side in me that i like kind of knew was there but hadn't really tapped into Mm -hmm. and i really wanted to make another film but i didn't want to just like manufacture a story and just like you know so so many things you watch these days are are just like yeah they just they don't feel very authentic yeah they they feel kind of forced right and so i really wanted to tell a story that was just real and authentic and so um we just started talking about elk hunting and I just like thought bow hunting was awesome. And, and it just kind of seems like the pinnacle, you know, like bow hunting for elk seems like pretty high up there. Right. And I like to steelhead fish with dry flies and that's like the pinnacle, you know, like you could, you could fish them with gear and, and a sack of roe and you'll catch a whole lot more, but like, when you're fishing with them, dry flies, it's a lot harder. You cut a lot, lot less fish, but it's just so much cooler. And so that was kind of like my mentality going into it. I was like, I just want to get a bow. And I just, I just thought that that was really cool. So that was kind of like 
where it all started. Okay. No, that, that, that totally makes sense. And no, it's funny, just kind of a, uh, a side story with that. When I, um, shared something on my Instagram story with you shooting and stuff with me, a good friend of mine, Greg Litzinger, otherwise known as the bow hunting fiend, who is like, <laughs> was a, and he's an absolute awesome archer and bow hunter and everything. And he, and, but he was also into action sports and stuff. And he's like, Oh dude, I watched the Jackson brothers and like, no, you way. know, back when, I, when he was doing it more and he's like, that's, that's so awesome. And he's like to see that, you know, he's getting into to bow hunting and everything. And I feel like, and even from like spending time around you at these events, I've seen kind of that, that crossover of these hunters that also are like into action sports and watch you there and think it's so cool to be able to do that and see people, you know, offer up support and help. And what I thought was so admirable about, about you is, is you put your ego and hundred percent aside and just asking questions. Oh yeah. God, nonstop. Just asking questions like, you know, just trying to learn every single thing about it. I mean, for anybody that's that's listening here, so Eric's went like just full on into the archery space to to a, a degree that <laughs> that not 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 even people that have hunted for their whole lives get into. Like, I mean, bought, buying a bow press and trying to restring your own bow and mm-hmm. tune it all on your own, and you're talking about the struggles of trying to learn that. Like, yeah. that is that is freaking awesome, oh, dude. It's just my personality. I like. Honestly, it's really hard for me to commit to things, but once I commit, I am just like a hundred percent into it. I'd rather be like really good at a, <laughs> at a few things than just be like you know average at a bunch of things. It's just kind of the, like my my it's just my personality. Yeah. So when I when I go into it, I'm going in all the way. And um, yeah, man, I just like got a new bow, and I just set a goal for myself that like. I am going to set this thing up and tune it and get it dialed for this, this tack event here. And, um, and it took me a long time and I asked so many questions and, and you know, one of the most beautiful things about the hunting community is like, man, they have really embraced me and just people have been so just like welcoming and, and sharing their knowledge with me. Just like, it's just, it feels so good, man. It feels like it, it is an awesome community like the hunting community is incredible and so i've been really lucky to have a lot of resources of people that i can just call and ask questions and um yeah man like i'll tell you straight up i don't know what i'm doing at all i'm like just learning all the way and i'm asking all the questions and trying to soak up as much knowledge as possible and and just um you know, that's, that's where I'm at. I'm just total rookie yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and I love it. It's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. Cause you had said something to me. You're like, when you start out, it's something new and you're not good at it, but you start to see progression. Yeah. Like you fail, 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 fail. But then you, you, all of a sudden you get a little win and like, that's what drives you of like, just keep going and keep going. And you start seeing that progression. Like, you know, I, I hadn't shot with you when you were green, like the, the first time you had shot like attack event or anything, but you were talking about it and how you didn't really know much of anything. It was tough to, to hit targets. And then, you know, we've, we've shot together all weekend and shot together last month and 
you do really well at what you're doing for how for how long that you've been doing it. I mean, you're shooting really good. Oh, man, and, thanks. And you know, I obviously all we do is is talk shit back and forth <laughs> to each other while we're doing that. So this is probably the first time you're hearing me say yeah, something wow. positive. A compliment to you. out of you. Wow. <laughs> well, that's, that's what makes it fun. It's the best. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, man, I do appreciate that. I, I'm honestly like, I'm working hard. Like. I, and I, I've said this, um, you know, like I'm, I don't know what I'm doing and, and I'm, I've had a lot of help in hunting and I feel like because of that and mixed with my personality, like I'm learning quick. Um, and I am not, I do not consider myself a good hunter, but I'm going to be, that's like one day and that day's like, it could be a long time away. I got yeah. a lot of failures and a lot of mistakes to make and, and lots of learning to do, but one day I'm going to be a good hunter. Um, and that's just like, I don't know. It's just like a goal I set for myself. What does that even mean to be a good hunter? I don't even know, but like one day maybe I'll, I'll be like, all right, I think I, I <laughs> yeah. know a thing or two, you know? Um, but it's all about just time and just, I, with my, lifestyle and, and being, being a professional snowboarder. Um, I'm really busy in the winter time, but then I have a lot of free time and that's like, what's awesome about hunting is like, I'm just kind of in this just new cycle of life where I can just snowboard all winter long. And then I can basically just like concentrate on hunting yeah. and then, um, yeah, get, get dialed and then fall comes around and hopefully harvest an elk and then, um, maybe a deer and then you're going to just duck hunt a whole bunch i love duck hunting my wife and i are, are big into duck hunting and or just waterfowl in general um and uh we've been learning a lot of cool stuff like rendering all our duck fat that's pretty much what we cook with is duck fat um yeah, yeah it's it's so delicious it's like any anytime i'm cooking like an elk steak i'm rubbing her down with duck fat <laughs> and and this year i shot a bunch of teal and i shot some woodies and I separated the fats from, from all the different um, types of ducks. And it's crazy the, the different like flavors they have. Um, I would say teal is probably the best. It's the sweetest. And it's just, man, it's so delicious. Yeah, interesting. So I, I, I don't know if I told you this, but I've never duck hunted before. Oh, buddy, let's go. It's so yeah. fun. I'd love to. It was one of those things that I felt like if I was going to get into it on my own, I'd have to go all in. And mm -hmm. I just like, mm -hmm. you know, you, you mentioned earlier about trying to be good at a few things. Yeah, yeah. That's the same reason why I don't fly fish. It's like <laughs> I just have tried to focus on certain things. And it takes me, I feel like it takes me longer to grasp things and get good at something. So, like, I have to put in a lot of effort to it. And I just haven't done it. But I've, I, I would love to do it and try it and eat it and kind of go through that whole whole process. I think that's I think that's pretty pretty cool. Yeah. Um, how's the duck hunting in Pennsylvania? Um, I think there's areas that are that are better than than others. I yeah. I, I don't even really want to speak on it because I don't know enough. Fair. But like, at least in the areas that that I hunt or live and everything, I would say it's probably not very good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but. Uh, I have goose hunted before. I've goose hunted a couple of times and that was really fun. Like yeah. I had a blast cause it was like a lot of camaraderie of just being with people. And I'd always heard that <laughs> a a geese were not good to eat or not great tasting. And honestly, I didn't think that I thought that was pretty dang good. I mean, depends how you cook it. It's man. like anything. Yeah. yeah it depends yeah. on how, how you cook it. And, um, yeah, yeah no, I, I had a, I had a positive experience with doing that and, I would like to do a little bit of that stuff again. Yeah. I mean, 
like my wife and I, we just live in an excellent flyway. Like it's just awesome. And, um, we just got a new dog. His name's whiskey. He's a golden retriever. He just turned a year old and, um, we're training him to, to be a retriever. I hunted him probably 15 days last year. He was like, I don't know, seven or probably yeah, seven, eight, eight months old. Um, and he's like, he loves it. It's, it, it's just in his blood. I mean, we flew to California to get him. Like we got a very specific dog. Yeah. Um, but like at the same time, like we didn't send him away to get trained. Like we ain't trying to train like a champion retriever or anything. We just want him to like go hang out and, and yeah. be able to come with us. And, um, and it's, you know, that we have that bond of, of training him, um, which is cool. But yeah, man, I love waterfowl hunting. And to me, it's, um, I don't know, dude, it's, it's just a, it's less commitment than, um, if you're going to be like, I'm going to go shoot a deer or I'm going to go hunt a deer or an elk, you know, yeah. um, that's, there's so much more planning and, and commitment that goes into that where I can just be like, I'm going to go get up early. I'm going to go sit in a blind for three, four hours. I'm going to shoot some ducks. Maybe not. I'm gonna come home and you know, then you're just back at home. Yeah. And there's something to be said about those, those types of hunts too. Like for me, I've learned that there's a, a period, like even a few years back where I was like trying to do the biggest, baddest thing, like hunts. Cause I wanted to do those, yeah. but it, it, they take, they require a lot of effort and a lot of planning, a lot of focus, a lot of preparation. And I also just love the ones that are a little bit more laid back and just more about the atmosphere and people you're around and being able to do that too. And there's like this balance that I have with like trying to do these hardcore hunts that are like test you and really push you and then others. And I'm not saying that like duck hunting is easy or anything, but it's from a standpoint of you can grab your stuff and just go and do it versus, you know, planning and having traveled different States and do yeah. all this kind of stuff. I mean, for somebody who's never hunted before, and it's like, yeah, I could be interested in that. Like, I think waterfowl hunting is an excellent place to start because of that. Just like it's, it's just a, the barrier of entry is less in my opinion, you know? Yeah. Now, bow hunting elk, I think is probably one of the top hardest things to, to get into Dude, for real. I mean, just like, yeah, I know we kind of jumped ahead there. We were kind of talking about like my, my entry into, um, into bow hunting and, and how Troy from Benchmade kind of um, set me up and um, or, or just that was kind of like where the seed first grew and we started ma- talking about making a film but like he introduced me to the born and raised outdoors guys um, oh yeah from from Oregon and uh, they took me I think this was this was in 2020 they took me on a hunt in Montana just like I was just hanging back just to like watch and just check it out you know we went three days and, um, we had one elk encounter, um, and it didn't, didn't work out. The hunter got winded and, and, uh, but it was really cool. I heard my first bugle and I was like, wow, that was really cool. And it was just like fun hiking around the mountains. So like, I wouldn't really have a reason to be out in those mountains if I wasn't, you know, yeah, if I didn't have this, this goal. Right. Um, and so anyway, they introduced me to, um, we stayed the night at their friend's house, Johnny, um, Burford, and we just hit it off, man. And like they all, the born and raised guys left back to Oregon. And then I was going to stay and fish with the Winston guys in, uh, in Montana there. And Johnny was like, Hey man, you want to go on a hunt? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I, I really want to go, go to this spot. Um, I don't have anybody to go with and, uh, we're going to take horses out. And I'm like, 
yeah, let's definitely do that. So I've like known this guy for less than 24 hours, but we really connected. He takes me on this hunt and I actually filmed him shooting an elk at 20 yards like the first night. It really? was it was so crazy. Like I had never experienced anything like that. And I'd never, never taken an animal apart. Like no idea what to do. It's just him and I out there. And so, I mean, he shoots like, shoots the elk like right before um sunset and so i mean it like i i film it like it just runs probably 40 50 yards and falls over it dies it was it was insane and um we so we you know we we took him apart and didn't get back to camp until like two in the morning ate tenderloins and i was just like that was like the final nail in the coffin to so to speak <laughs> like yeah. that was it i was like I am doing this 100%. I am doing this. And so, um, well, I'm shooting a new bow this year and I am pumped after playing around with the buddies Hoyt RX eight, the smile on my face made the decision for me. The first thing I noticed with the new Hoyts were their extremely smooth draw cycles and the ability to adjust the back wall to make it rock solid. Like I prefer. I outfitted my own RX-8 with the inline accessories that made installation extremely easy and balanced out the bow. My favorite accessory so far is a simple one. It's the Go Sticks 2.0 adjustable legs to make your bow like a tripod, but it doesn't interfere with any part of the bow or the limbs or anything like that. In addition, the integrated kickstand within the HBX exact cams protect your string from excess wear when you put your cam into the dirt. Ground hunting or spot and stock just got easier. If you want to experience what I'm talking about, head to your nearest Hoyt dealer and take a test drive yourself. You can learn more at Hoyt.com. The Mobile Hunters Expo is a consumer-based hunting show unlike any other. It provides an interactive learning experience where you can try all things mobile hunting and learn from the best in the business. Come experience an unbiased, community-based environment where you can improve your hunting skills and find the right equipment for your needs. I'll be speaking at the Nor'easter Show in Mannheim, Pennsylvania at Spooky Nook Sports from August 9th to 11th, 2024. So come check it out at, or either of the other shows in uh, Michigan and Georgia. You can purchase tickets online at themobilehuntersexpo.com or grab tickets at the door. I'll see you there. Yeah, that that really kind of just set set my my path. And um, uh, the born and raised guys helped me out with a bow, and I just started shooting. Just no idea what I'm doing. I'm I'm talking to Cody and, and Trent on the phone, and I'm just like, "Yo, what's up with this?" <laughs> I'm like, I have no idea, right? These broadheads aren't flying. No, I'm not even close to broadheads at this point. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I'm shooting a target five feet in front of me just trying to like i dude i've never never shot a bow before no idea what i'm doing so yeah i'm just trying to um just figure out form and, and anchor points and and honestly something that really helped me was um john dudley's knock on course that was like some of the best information and just foundational um work for for me i i, I went through his whole course that's i mean if if you know anybody's out there who doesn't know what that is and they're looking to get into bow hunting it's a free course on youtube it's called the school of knock yeah and, and even if you bow hunted your whole life is beneficial yeah right I, I, yeah i went i've went through yeah multiple times. i feel like i should probably go watch that again yeah <laughs> um and so yeah that was just kind of kind of the start of it and then um 
tracing back to like what I was saying about making films and, um, and just wanting to tell an authentic story. We, we kind of like cooked up this idea to, to, you know, film my first elk hunt and just kind of document from never shooting a bow before, um, going to these tack events and just like throwing arrows into trees and rocks and just figuring a lot out. Um, and, uh, yeah, that turned into, um, Sitka coming on board and, and really sponsoring this film, um, that we ended up calling river. And, um, I set out with uh, Shannon Vanderveer from cold collaborative Great. and just a stellar human. Yeah. Um, and we really worked on the storyline and, um, Johnny, it was like, you know, Johnny took me on, uh, he was the first kill that I saw and, and we just really bonded over that. So it was only natural that he was going to kind of be my mentor. And, um, yeah, we just set out to, I, and <laughs> the craziest thing is I, he, Johnny calls me, he's like, Hey man, like, did you put in for Montana? And I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm, what do you mean? How do you do that? You know? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, dude, are you the deadlines tonight? Like you really like, here, I'll help you do it. So we're like, we're on the phone. And so like, we're, yeah. So anyway, put in for, for, um, elk tag and I, and I drew first year ever putting in. <laughs> and so like, then it was like real and we were really doing this. And, and then I like, I was already practicing a lot, but then I like really just like cleared my schedule. I mean, what do you, you draw uh, you, you get draw results in what, like April, April. Um, I think yeah, so. It's like yeah. into April, into April. Yeah. And so like I was in Alaska snowboarding when I, when I like found out and I was like, and that was like the end of my season. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I have to cancel everything. So I just like make up excuses like, Nope, busy. Can't do it. Busy. Can't do it. Went to the big sky, um, total archery challenge. And then, um, went to the, um, one in, uh, Utah, it was park city that year. Um, and just learned so much and yeah we we set out to make this film and, and it uh it was a lot of fun man i yeah yeah no that film turned out amazing because i felt like it told that story really well of and you know shannon and, and his crew and everything i mean they're they're phenomenal what they do and yeah. help and tell that story but yeah i thought the i thought the film turned out really good man, and thank then you. obviously being able to see you be able to shoot your first elk was like, <laughs> like, I don't know. I felt like I was there or like along for the journey. And at that point, I mean, when that film came out, I had met you, knew you a little bit, but like not, not like great. I mean, no. we spent a weekend together yeah. at that point, but I was, I was just like, man, I felt like I, I knew your story and, and I feel like people can relate to, to that getting into it. And then finally having that, that, that all come together. Yeah, man. Thanks. Like that you know, like I said in the beginning, all of this has just flowed so naturally. It literally feels like I am exactly where I'm supposed to be in life. And, and I mean, if I was to say, like, somebody was asking me, like, what's, what's your biggest regret or, or whatever? Like, I mean, I would have loved to start hunting when I was a kid. You kidding me? I'd probably be pretty good right now. Yeah. <laughs> but like, in all reality, like, that's just not the path that my life took. And, and, I am like at this point in my life where it just, it just felt like inevitably I was going to get here and that hunting was going to be a big part of my life. And, um, making river was so much fun. Um, it was, it, it was stressful 
it was stressful when I started making mistakes. I was talking to my brother and I was like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm like, I'm making a film about my first elk hunt. And he was like, whoa, dude, you're really putting a lot of pressure on yourself for your first one. And I was like, I didn't even think about that (laughs) (laughs) straight up. (laughs) And then, and then I started making mistakes where like I had a golden opportunity at an elk at 20 yards and he walks right through my shooting lane and I didn't stop him. And there's just so much going on. I just didn't even think about it. I thought about it like as he's like, I'm watching his hindquarters go through my shooting lane and I'm like, well, that blew up really quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, and, and then I, and then I had another one where, um, I just had a terrible setup. If I would have taken two steps to my right, I, I, I would have, and this elk would have seen an arrow. Um, but I just, I set up with, with, I mean, trees in front of me. I thought he was going to come into my right, came into my left. I had a pie plate window to shoot through and he came into my left and I went to stop him and I stopped him like a freaking grizzly bear, man. I was like, mew and like, and, and, and loud. And he's like inside 20 yards and the elk just like busts immediately. I, he was probably like, what was that? He was like, yeah. really like, um, and I just like panic shot an arrow and it exploded in the rocks. And like, it was just, I, I went into like, it was a roller coaster, man. Like after that, I really started feeling pressure and I like got into a pretty dark place and I'm pretty good at beating myself up and, and, uh, and, um, yeah, I mean, into like, I want to say like it was right into the fourth week or, or just, just before the fourth week, man, like it all came together and yeah, we shot a young bull. He was, he was young and, and, um, tasted really good. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's the way that, that hunt the hunting journey starts and I, i'm thankful that you know when i when i grew up hunting and learning it I'll, i i don't remember if i've said this on the podcast before but my first year i was 12 years old and i was in this double tree stand with my dad so he had this you know like curtain going around the stand with a mr buddy heater nice. in there because i was you know gotta keep me warm yeah, yeah. you know i ha- i look like I look like the Michelin man with all my clothes on and I'm sitting there, my 22 Hornet that my grandpa gave me a gun. And I'm like, this spike comes out on this gas line. And I looked, I look at it and I said to my dad, I said, dad, he's just a spike. I'm not shooting him. And he goes, and my dad goes, you're shooting him. I was like, and I was like, no dad, like I want to shoot big bucks like you. And he's like, no, you're, you're shooting this deer. And I shot it and I didn't like, I didn't understand at the time, you know, I was like that you got to work your way through these progressions and learn your way up through. And I was so glad that, you know, and then after that I've, I've shot so many small deer and like, you know, and then same thing with when I shot my first bull elk, it was like, I just wanted to shoot an elk. I wanted to shoot a bull elk. I didn't care about size, anything. It's like, I, I haven't earned that opportunity. If I, now, if a big bull would have walked out, I'd been, I wouldn't have been like, oh, I haven't earned you yet. Yeah. <laughs> I would have, 100%. Believe me, I would have took it. But like, yeah. to get that, that experience. And, and so when it, my first deer that I killed with a bow, I missed three clean before I, before wow. I ended up killing in one year. Wow. So like, I think over in like a two week span and, and I remember, I remember uh, everybody being like, "You're the luckiest person to have these this much opportunity, you know, to be able to right. to do that." But it was like, it took me. And I just kept. Get, I was and I was young, but I was still just kept getting down on myself. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta figure this out. And finally, I just got mad enough. I felt like that, you know, that last opportunity was the last day of the season, right before dark. My dad was in a tree behind me, um, and 
it wasn't filming or anything. We had flip phones at that point, yes. but it had come out and I remember shooting and it was like slow-mo. Like I felt like I watched that arrow go through him and I turned around and went to him before the deer even fell over, which <laughs> I don't recommend doing this, but I was just like, yes. Like I knew that I made a good yeah. shot and yeah. it was, I mean, it, that's what makes it so gratifying when you go through those hard things yeah. and those things that don't work out 100%. and because that's, that's the way it is with anything new. And, and even at, when you are doing it for a while, you have mistakes and, and it's, it's great when it does work out, especially when you're putting in that work and that time and seeing that all pay off yeah. for that one, for that one moment, you know, but it's, for me, it's like that whole thing leading up to it that that's just like the icing on the cake. You know what I mean? That's just the end of the chapter sort of deal where the, you get the whole build up to it. That is what you, what I think everybody should enjoy yeah. doing that. I mean, a hundred percent. Like what's the, uh, what's the expression? That's like the most cliche thing that they say. It's a, uh, it's not the de- destination. It's the, it's the journey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's so cliche, but it's true. I mean, yeah, there's so much that leads up to it and so much work. I think that that, is what a lot of people um, don't understand, especially like maybe some of my friends who who aren't hunters, um, and they just don't understand the work that goes into it. I mean, it's 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 abs- it's insane. We are just psychos. Like, <laughs> if you really like the amount of time I have put into like, I mean, I'm everyone, I'm sure, but like yeah. just me personally, I'm like the amount of time that I have put into shooting my bow is like i I can't even like i can't even put a number on it and then with this whole process of learning how to set up a bow and tune it properly like dude the amount of shots through paper like (laughs) honestly i i probably could go in the trash and uncrinkle all the paper and like lay them all out and count the shots like it is hundreds of shots and a lot of that is just um me not knowing what i'm doing and one thing i'll say i don't know how much time we got but no you're good man just keep rolling (laughs) one thing i'll say is um shooting going through this like tuning process building building the bow and 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 tuning it is shooting bear shafts through paper has really made me realize the cold um hard truth is that just i'm just not consistent enough in in my shot execution and I mean, I'll get a, I'll get an arrow and it's shoot, I'll shoot it perfect bullet hole, bear shaft three times through paper. And I'm like, okay, boom, mark it, like knock tuning it. I got, I got, I'm like, that arrow is good. I'm putting that one away and I'm moving on to my next arrow. Right. And I, and I'll like be, I'll be knock tuning it and I can't figure out how to, I just can't get a bullet hole. And I'm just like, what is going on? What is going on? And I'll just like be losing my mind. And then I'll be like, I'm going back to the arrow that I know is good. Right. And I'll shoot it. And I'll get a crazy tear or, or I'll get a, I won't get a bullet hole with that arrow that I know is Is perfect. And then it just went through this entire, just mind warp of just like, Oh my gosh. Like it's me. (laughs) Like it's not the bow. It's not the arrow. It's me. Right. And so, um, that is something that I really need am, am working on now. And honestly shooting all those shots at paper, not aiming at anything, just like I could just close my eyes and literally just like focus on the shot execution. And by the end of this, this tuning journey, I'm calling it a, a full on journey. Um, 
I've been much more consistent shooting through paper. And, um, this event was the first time like I'd shot the bow. I, I you know, I put a sight tape on back home, but this was like the first time really shooting it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not just like at 60, 70 yards at a, at a, you know, target on flat ground. And honestly, man, like it's not perfect, but I'm super proud of how, of, of just that, that goal that I set for myself and, um, and how it turned out. Cause like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm proud. Yeah. And, and like an event like this and, you know, we're lucky, you know, we've got to shoot with the, the SICA team yeah. and some of the best shooters in the Straight world. Up. I feel like a complete amateur when I'm shooting with these guys. And I like, I feel, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, when it, but we were talking about it and it's like, I, I go to these events and sometimes I feel like I'm shooting so terrible. And a lot of times I am, but like, I feel like I'm shooting so terrible. And then, but I go back home and say, I'll shoot a local 3d event or something. And then I, I feel so good. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, when you surround yourself with people that are, are good and are good at their craft and put in the time, it, it's just like through osmosis of just like making you better yeah. of being around super successful people. You know, today uh, was our last day shooting at the course and me, you and Trevor uh, from Sitka, we, we went out and we shot and I felt like we all shot pretty dang good and shot it was, pretty good. And I mean, I shot the best I did all summer and I felt super good. And like, but then you look at two days ago, I was feeling like the whole world had fallen apart and I didn't know anything, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and you go in these waves. Oh, that's, straight that's, up. that's what it is. And and we were talking to James Yates that was like, had helped you out a lot yeah. with some of your bow building yeah. and doing all that and like going through it. And it's just, it's, it's awesome, man. James Yates helped me so much. Um, and, and that's another thing, man. Like it's a, it is a, daunting task to for me it was to be like okay i'm gonna do this i'm gonna buy all the equipment and and just set this bow up and learn how to tune this tune this bow um but there are so many good resources out there it's incredible like i i watched a um a video from josh jones podium archer our archery um and he he i have a phase four matthew's phase four and i bought some gas strings for it and he has a video with that same bow and same strings and you just step by step walks you through it. And I was like, all right, I'm taking out the axle and the cam. And I was like, so nervous to do that at first, but he walks you through it. And I did it exactly how he said. And, and I was like, that wasn't that hard. You know, took me a beer and a whiskey. <laughs> it was like, um, and, yeah, and then, time and drink. Yeah. Right. Um, and then James, um, Yates and I connected, um, later on and he it was just like perfect timing and he had just released this four-part series with uh western hunter magazine i think it is um and it's like literally just in depth detail of a bow build and he just starts from the very beginning to the end it's long you know it's a four-part series it's you know three plus hours long um between all four episodes but man it was so cool i just watched it and then i just went step by step and just like tried to follow along as best as I could. And if there was something that I messed up or, or I was having trouble with, I was able to go back and reference that point. Um, and then I actually got to meet James here, um, this week and it was so cool to actually meet him in, in person and, and show him my bow. And, and he's like, how are you shooting? I'm like, dude, I, I hit foam all, I, I didn't miss it. I didn't lose an arrow. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, um, I felt like I was, I was shooting pretty good. And, uh, 
he he just he was like seemed pretty stoked yeah like, oh yeah and he's a badass man yeah like full on and that's and that goes back to just like what i was saying about just this community is awesome and just like he didn't know me he didn't have to help me he call, he like we were chatting on instagram he's like what's your number and he like calls me and we talked for like an hour and a half i was driving to the airport and he and we were just like chatting he was <laughs> i was like he didn't have to do that, you know, yeah. like, like I, I didn't do anything to deserve this. Like, thank you, man. Like, I'm so thankful for the support in this community. Um, and, uh, I, I just feel like I feel really, really blessed and, and fortunate that, um, that I'm, um, just able to be here and dude, I'm talking to you. Like, <laughs> I don't know, man. This is like, <laughs> you're a legend, man. This is awesome. I don't know about that, but no, it's, it's, it's been super awesome for me. And what I, I think what, uh, what Sika as a brand does really well is bring in some people that are not your traditional grown up hunting sure. you know, from, the, from the beginning, you know, getting to, to meet, and, you know, from other realms of the, from different sports or just different walks of life and bring all of us together. And it's super cool. Like yeah. I, I've never had that. I mean, I, grew up in a small town and live in a small town. You're kind of in a bubble sometimes, you know, like, and to be able to, to be exposed to so many different people and people like you, and I'm learning so much from you, whether you believe it or not, like from a, from a hunting perspective, but just, uh, I, I respect like your, your work ethic and your drive to become super good at something. And it's like, to me, it's like, that gets me fired up. Like I want to go home and just get better and just continually just, build on these things and, and just have these small steps. Like I, I truly believe that with anything to, to be successful, it's like these small steps over yeah. time, small steps, 100%. small steps, small steps, and just being consistent and, and you're not, building on every and, step that you and take. not quitting Yeah, and just, and analyzing and being honest with yourself when you suck at something and you're not <laughs> doing and you're not doing well to, instead of making excuses, be like, I suck at this. What can I do to change that? Oh yeah. Not dwell on it and throw yourself a pity party, but you know, like I, yeah, there's so many things that I am not good at when it comes to hunting that I just work, I'm trying to work at and get better at. Like one, one thing that like, that I've been, that I feel like I've been good at is getting opportunities right. at closing and becoming what I would be called a certified killer that a lot of these people I get to meet and hang out with an interview. I'm, I'm not there. Like I, I, I don't always close the deal when I should opportunities are hard to come by and I need to be better at that. So I've been working at doing that and keeping control of my, this thing here between yeah. my ears, keeping control of that. You know, like you were talking about with that, that one elk that walked through your shooting lane, oh. man, that kind of stuff happens to even the experienced hunters. But like you try to minimize those things over time yeah. so that you don't make those mistakes again. And, uh, you know, like I have a film that will be out by the time this podcast comes out with an elk film, you'll see me make freaking so many mistakes. Oh, man. And it's just like that. And I want to show all those. Like I show everything exactly you how it happened because to, man, I feel like people can relate to that. And that also holds me accountable as far as like, I need to be better at these things yeah. and, and, and work towards that. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to watch that. And, and I do appreciate that about you. Um, that it is, it's just real. Yeah. And that's in like, you have to show that like, and, and you have to be vulnerable. And, um, like I felt super vulnerable in, you know, river, the the film that we made, like, I was just like, yeah, it's just a 
don't know what I'm doing. And that's really how I felt after I started really making mistakes. I was just like down and I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing. I was just like, maybe I'll just be a bird hunter. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like those are like real thoughts that were like going through my head. Um, and you know, then just like the, I don't know, I guess the stubbornness in me just kicks in. And you're just like, no, I know I can do this. Like, I'm not giving up. I will succeed. Um, or I mean, I mean, my, my whole, mentality going into that first season when we were filming um river was like i am hunting until i kill an elk or the season is over and if i hunt the entire season and it's over i gave that everything i had and if i didn't kill i'm okay with that it is I, i'm gonna learn a lot and that's gonna be fine with me one of my favorite things that you said when you're talking about this upcoming season and you're going elk hunting and you and a buddy scotty lego yeah scotty um, lego which, uh, if Scotty ever listened to this, Scotty and I have talked through Instagram a little bit nice. years ago, and I'll I was trying to, I was trying to set up a podcast with him, and didn't, and and then it didn't work out. Dude, so you guys aren't I, even far from each other. I know. New Hampshire, Pennsylvania. Maybe you can help oh, make I that will, make that happen. Gladly set that. But because he hunts up in the Northeast in the yeah. big woods and big in he's the tracking, and he's a killer, and I respect what he does there, and I want to I want to talk to him. But anyways, I I thought you, what you said, you're like, I'm gonna go out elk hunting. With just the expectation of, I have time and I'm going to put in my effort yeah. and see what happens. And I'm just going to work, you know, it, when you, if you drive home and there's not meat in your cooler, you know that you put everything in hundred percent to that and you'll be okay with it. You can't be mad at, you can't be mad or bummed or anything at that point. Like if, if you go out there and you half ass it and you don't, you know, and you aren't successful, whatever success looks like for you. But like, like if you don't kill, yeah, like. Yeah, dude, I would be mad at myself. But like, if I go out and I grind, which I'm going to, <laughs> and, but it, and and you know, I don't end up killing. Like, I know for a fact that I'm gonna learn a lot, and that is worth its weight in gold, especially where I'm at in my um, you know, hunting life. It, it's yeah. just like I have so much to learn and so many mistakes to make, and and um. And I'm looking forward to all of them. <laughs> yeah. No, dude, man, I, I'm excited to see how you do and get out there and, yeah, and see if you can uh, put number two on the board. Oh, it'll be number three. Number three. Number three on the board. <laughs> Sorry. I uh, I, I mistake that. Damn. No, no. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah, I've, I've been really fortunate to have um, shot two elk. And, um, yeah, I, I'm just going to go Colorado OTC grinded out, you know, I got that same, same mentality, man. I got time and that's, that is my advantage is, um, I've, I've worked really hard. I feel good in my setup. Um, I'm strong and I got time. So I'm just going out until I kill or the season's over. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So I love it. Well, let's, um, let's, let's end this and go yeah. get some food, but let's do that. If anybody wants to watch the river or watch river, you can find that on YouTube on Sika's uh, YouTube page. So subscribe. There's a whole lot of other stuff. We filmed a whole bunch of stuff this past week that will right. be coming there. Yeah. As well as where can people find other stuff that you've done, snowboarding stuff, whatever. Oh man, um, Instagram. <laughs> yeah. The old, the old Instagram. It's uh, Ejack Shreds, which might be changing changing soon because i i why not because dude i was like my aol like aim chat messenger name <laughs> when I was a kid. it's like i hate it but i'm just i'm like so uh i'm so far deep in in the in the at ejack shreds but yeah um instagram um 
and uh, a lot of stuff on YouTube. I don't have a channel, but you just, you know, Google your name. Eric Jackson and there's all kinds of stuff that comes up. But um, yeah, man, thank you. That was uh, an honor to be um, have this conversation with you. Really yeah, appreciate buddy. it. Let's uh let's drink some more margaritas. Oh, yeah. Let's have some leftover moose meat from Chris B's That's right. from Alaska, which we're super lucky to have that. Yes, sir. And uh yeah. Good good hanging out with you, brother. Dude, good times. Appreciate cool. it. Yeah, buddy. Rock and roll. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit eastmeetswesthunt.com, Facebook at East Meets West Outdoors, and Instagram at East Meets West Hunt. If you enjoyed today's episode, please review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time.